Hi, everybody. It's the most wonderful time of the year. As November ends and December begins, we bring you the best of the holiday spirit, and we have a very special uh, gift for you today. It's a new episode of Election Profit Makers, your favorite podcast, or one of your 100 favorite podcasts that you listen to. My name is David. I'm joined on the line by John. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. And to you yeah. listeners, we say, hey, buddies. Yeah. How's everybody hey. doing out there in podcast land? Good, I hope. Good, I hope as well. Welcome back yeah. to another episode of our podcast. It's on your computer at the moment. It's on your computer at the moment. That doesn't sound normal. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. It's on your computer at the moment. You always have to give him multiple readings. Okay. <laughs> it's on your computer at the moment. I don't know. I mean, is I guess your phone is a computer. Your phone, John, is an amazing tiny computer that right. you can hold in your say, hand. It's on your device at the moment. Welcome back to our podcast. It's on your device at the moment if you care to look. Ooh, that's good. Well, John, first first things first, thanks to everybody who came to my show at the Cave in Chapel Hill on Sunday night. And I have to say, it was nice to see some familiar faces from meetups gone by, from meetups gone by. Meetup, is that what you say? From days gone by? From meetups. Meet, from meets up gone by. Yeah, that's normal. That <laughs> sucks to say. From EPM meets up gone by. Yeah. And I have to give a special shout out to John Kimball, my co-host, because I actually had a bit of a technical issue. This was truly like an anxiety dream. I had traveled with all my gear from L.A. to North Carolina, and I had packed my pedals and my synthesizers and my noise boxes by wrapping them in dish towels and securing them with rubber bands, which I guess is probably not the most efficient or safest way to do that. But I'm not made out of money. I can't buy some special flight case, right? I guess. So when I went to soundcheck at the venue, I realized that the output jack for the little synthesizer that I had built there's a, was not working. And the only way to get sound out of this fucking thing, and by the way, this is the sec, this, there's this company called synthrotech.com and they sell Eurorack modules and they also sell kits. You can build your own synthesizers. And I've built a few synthesizers before. These are very simple synthesizers, just like six knobs, six oscillator synthesizers. And I built the synthesizer. It's called the Nandemonium, and that rhymes with pandemonium. But anyway, when I went to plug this thing in, the little output jack, it, you could only get a. It was like a bad connection. You could only get a signal if you kind of pressed the line out cable. You know, kind of pressed it forward gently. That was the only way to get a sound out of this fucking thing. So when John arrived at the venue before the show, I said, John, I have to ask a huge favor of you. I need you to sit on stage with me. And I provided a stool and I made him a little armrest so his arm wouldn't get tired. Yeah. And I said, you have to just press this cable gently while I perform my wonderful bleeps and bloops. And John, I have to thank you. You were a good friend. You totally stepped up and you did it. But God, and people were like, is this some kind of bit? No, this wasn't a bit. This was something, I guess, folks, the, the long and the short of it is I don't know really know what I'm doing when I'm building these synthesizers and living my life. Um, and John, I'm glad as a friend you were there to help out. Hey, no problem. Thanks for uh, <laughs> including me and offering to pay me $20. I gave him $20 and he rejected and he rejected the payment. He was that, he was that sweet about it. Yeah. So John, thank you. I owe you. The next time you're doing a live performance and you're having a technical issue, Mm -hmm. I will help you. I'm sure that'll never happen. We never have technical issues. so I know. Um, it was kind of perfect, actually. It wouldn't have been a real EPM joint if there hadn't been technical no, issues. No, but you rocked, man. That was really 
That was really cool. Thanks. I want to do it again. That was my first time ever doing it. I was really nervous. Now I know what it feels like for you when we do our live EPM shows, all two of them that we do. We do two a year now. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's never too early to reach out to us and tell us why your municipality should host an EPM show. I think we had someone wrote in from Austin and said we should come to Austin. Columbus. Columbus. So we're ready for 2024. And I really do want to get you out to LA for an EPM meetup and live show. Okay. At the Disney Hall... Hello, Walt Disney care to sponsor us? Wouldn't that be amazing if we did a brand tie-in with Disney? What's the Disney Hall? It's a concert hall. It was designed by Frank Gehry. It looks like a couple of broken eggshells from the planet Zorkon, and it's really huge and funky. It's downtown. Okay. It's really famous, and we could do a good job. It's where the symphony plays, where the LA symphony plays. Yeah. Okay. We could do an event with the symphony. Is it like the Kodak Theater? John, I don't know what that is. That's where uh, the the Oscars are. Oh, in L.A.? uh, In Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood. Sort of part of L.A.? Yeah, it is. Or is it? Very much part of L.A. Okay. All right. West Hollywood, however, is its own municipality, has its own mayor. Interesting. But Hollywood is considered, I guess, a neighborhood of L.A. It's kind of cool, right? It used to be called Hollywood Land. Yeah, exactly. Hollywoodland is what I would have called it back then. Oh, Okay. Beverly Hills, folks, as long as we're doing some municipal uh, research, is its own place. It has a mayor. Yeah. There's also a neighborhood, John, called Beverly Wood. It's a combination of Beverly Hills. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I don't like that. That, I'm not sure if that's its own municipality. I don't think it is. I think I would have heard of it. I've heard of all the municipalities out there. <clears throat> is that your little brag about the municipalities? Yeah. Are we saying municipalities very much? <laughs> <laughs> Say it five um, more times in a row yeah. just so we can break that. Municipalities, algorithm. municipalities, 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 municipalities. Boom. We just gave them what they came for, Johnny Boy, a hot, fresh steaming pile of fresh municipality content. Let's move on. John, you wanted to talk about billionaire Mark Cuban, your old friend. I didn't really want to talk about right, him. Skip but it. I, I no, just... skip it. I'm not joking. We're skipping okay. that. Okay. And we're back. Really? I think we should talk about that. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I think we need to talk about the core competency of this podcast, which is winning and losing money on political outcomes and current events. To wit, I direct your attention, John, to the website predictit.org. Right. Who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? Well, Tim Scott, as we all know, is trading at a cent and we will never hear from him again. However, Nikki Haley is now trading at 20 cents, up two cents. Ron DeSantis is pissing away his life at eight cents. Vivek Ramaswamy, the famous rapper, is at three cents and falling fast. The Koch brothers this week, John, you remember those do-gooders? Yep. Billionaire do-gooders, the Koch brothers, have decided to bet big on Nikki Haley. I guess they assume that Trump will die or go to jail or something and will just be out of commission for the election. I don't know. I don't think it's a terrible bet. Nikki Haley is is good money at this point, right? 20 cents? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't think DeSantis has a chance at this point. DeSantis has no chances. That's, yeah. Doesn't quite rhyme. It's a half rhyme, but I think that's good enough. Yeah. I think on... On the Democratic side, Biden trading below Donald Trump, I think, is ridiculous. So Trump is trading at 75 cents in the Republican nomination market. Joe Biden trading at 68 cents with Gavin Newsom 
having the 20 cents. So Gavin Newsom is the Nikki Haley of the Dem market on predicted. No, but but she's not. I would I would say that betting no on Gavin Newsom is free money. It's 80 cents for no's. You yeah. want to get into so, that? Yep. I'm, I'm, I think that that is free money. It's not a, I'm not saying that, that uh, Biden is, is going to be the nominee, but I think there's probably a 75% chance that he is, but it's not going to be Newsom. Newsom is about, isn't he, Newsom about to have a huge debate with DeSantis on TV? Yeah. And the, the whole, then the GOP is having their, <clears throat> excuse me, their fourth debate next Wednesday. Okay. So, um, and it's just, I mean, it's pretty much just a three-person race at this point. The Gavin Newsom-Ron DeSantis debate will be hosted on Fox News on this Thursday at 9 p.m. And it's going to last for 90 minutes. Holy right. fuck. Yeah. Who is going to watch that? Nobody. No one's even watching the real GOP debates. So, no. Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. Hmm. A 90-minute debate. I think it's hosted by Sean Hannity, maybe, on Fox News this Thursday. I might have to check that out. (laughs) I really think we should talk about Mark Cuban. You really, you really will not let this fucking thing. What does this have to do with politics? Okay, Mark Cuban, for those who don't Uh, know, is the billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, I didn't know he was a billionaire. Then we simply must talk about him. Okay, well, he got rich by selling Broadcast.com to Yahoo years ago, and he has. He's also host on Shark Tank. And he announced this week that he will be leaving Shark Tank. And he also announced that he is selling the team to what team? the uh, the, the Shark Tanks. He's, he's, no, he's selling the Dallas Mavericks, oh. which he bought for two hundred million in like two thousand. Now he's selling it for three billion or something. Uh huh. So that has a lot of people speculating that he might be about to make an announcement that he's going to run for president. Oh, for fuck's sake. Are you serious? I can't, I don't I don't I don't know. On the no labels ticket? Uh, no, probably just on the on Green the, on, Party. Is he going to challenge Cornell no. West for the Green Party nomination? That would be good. Just on I'd be the excited. rich cool billionaires. The ticket. RCB ticket? Yeah. That guy's not going to run for president. Give me a break. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of am going to go against the grain of everyone because it's a really hot pick right now that that's what's going to happen. Of course, there are no predicted markets about this because predicted is still very stingy with opening up new markets. That's but right. A Mark Cuban market would be good. Yeah, it would. John, is there anything else you want to say about Mark Cuban? I met Bill Mark. Here we uh, go. Cuban. The whole reason you've been yeah. itching yeah. to do this fucking segment is so you could talk yeah. about how you know Mark Cuban and you used to be That's best right. friends with Mark yeah. Cuban. I was in a meeting. I was in a meeting with Mark Cuban in New York in the in the late nineties, back when uh, we were pitching our uh, web based email services. Wait, to, to Shark Tank? Pitch- no. To, oh, this is different. To his company, which at oh. the time was called AudioNet. <clears throat> and um, is that a very '90s company name? Yeah, it's horrible. So <laughs> eventually, he changed the name to Broadcast.com, and then had one of the biggest IPOs in history because he had an awesome domain name. There you go, folks. And that's the end of my story. No one cares about you knowing Mark Cuban. We still I know, want he was to know nobody. M- then it didn't matter. We want to know about you and Susan Orlean. That's still the story that people clamor for. John okay. Kimball, Long John Silver, hanging out with acclaimed novelist Susan Orlean. That's is she right. a novelist or a journalist? A journalist, acclaimed journalist, right? Well, she's a novelist too. Okay. The Orchid Thief. 
Right. Give us just one more tidbit about your time with her. Well, we we, we used to go out clubbing. I just can't believe it. Say yeah. it again. And she would, yeah, sometimes she would call me for tech support. Unbelievable. She actually thought I knew about computers. <laughs> yeah, right. Look at us trying yeah. to record this podcast. It takes five hours of, of I know. futzing and fidgeting before we can record 20 minutes of this stuff. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Do you think if you saw Susan Orlean in a book signing and went up to her, she would remember who you were? Mm, I doubt it. But if I mentioned uh, some of our Mutuals. mutual friends, I'm sure she would. How many times did you? How many times were you in the same room with her socially back in those days? Uh, I don't know, two, three times at least. A handful of times. A handful yeah, of times. Yeah. yeah. Amazing stuff. And I've seen a photo of you and her hanging out at like a party or something <laughs> yeah, or on somebody's that's right. sofa. Yeah, that's God right. Damn the John, the New York City John Kimball of the of the what was that? The late nineties. Yeah. Will that era ever be matched? I doubt it. Yeah, that was truly like Haley's Comet. John yeah. Kimball having meetings with Mark Cuban and hanging out with Susan Orlean, selling domains day and night, sleeping under the office desk, just living life, living in your weird funky studio. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, that was a good time. That was a good time. Was it though? When Congratulations, York, everybody. We've entered live? our next segment. Where did you live? Huh? When you moved to New York. A Gowanus. Oh, okay. Hang on. What is second. now called Gowanus? My dog is. Hang on. All right. John's got to go fuck around with his damn yippy yappy dog. Folks, I've gotten a bit of email here. Let's take a look. It says the subject line is virility at any age. Ivy League would breakthrough revealed. And the text of the email is as follows. Hey, if your pink soldier doesn't salute like it used to, or if your stamina in the sack has plummeted, or if you just don't have the drive these days, a jaw-dropping recent discovery could explain the real reason. Ivy League scientists have been studying an unusual organ for months under a molecular microscope, and their findings suggest this single organ is responsible for what's going on in your pants. The craziest part is nobody knew it existed until a short time ago. It's not your gray matter, prostate, or even your disco stick. Ugh. But researchers believe stimulating this one organ can resurrect your broad in less than a minute. <clears throat> but researchers believe stimulating... I'm not going to finish what, reading this. What is this? This is some spam. I was killing time while you dealt with your dog, and I just got this spam email that says Ivy League would breakthrough revealed. But I don't think I'm going to finish reading it. It was getting too unseemly. What's the domain name? The domain, you mean from which it was sent? Healthy libido at twatedus.digital. Is that a nice URL? (laughs) (laughs) This segment is over. John, there's something in the outline that says you're back on the Bitcoin train. What on earth is this about? Bitcoin. All right. You have, going you have 10 up, seconds up, 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 to talk yeah. about this. I'm just saying that, you know, ten. my nine, Bitcoin that was eight, worth $60 seven, six, five, a four, year ago three, is now two, worth one. 150 That's all the time we have for talking about Bitcoin. Should have bought a lot more of Bitcoin. We have a new advertiser this week. It's a unique card game that sounds like a lot of fun, and it's called Keep It 100. An exciting new game called Keep It 100. One of the people involved in this game is the famous cartoonist David Malky. He wrote in to say, we conducted hundreds of surveys asking about people's experiences, preferences, and habits. We also researched public opinion polls and existing statistics. 
We sorted through all this data, determined the most interesting answers and correlations, and used this info to create 365 individual game cards. Sample questions on these cards include 100 smartphone owners, is your phone screen cracked right now? 100 non-Americans, do you like the United States? 100 people under the age of 25, have you ever paid for porn? 100 people who eat food, your friend loses a limb in an accident, they cook it into a stew as a way of gaining closure. Do you taste some of the stew? Pretty normal question. Every card contains a number between 0 and 100, representing the percentage of people who answered that question. Yes, it's sort of like Predict It in some ways. It's like Family Feud meets Predict It. Right. I love it. Yeah. The challenge of the game is to try and build a line of cards in the correct order, guessing which numbers will be higher or lower than the other cards already on the table. So it's basically testing your knowledge of human nature. It's fun to play because it leads to all kinds of interesting conversations about what you think you know about other people. You can even win bonus points by predicting when the other players are about to guess wrong. This is so So there's great. like a meta prediction component here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're not necessarily betting or guessing on what you think the answer is, but just what this other person thinks the answer is or what these hundred people think the answer is. Exactly. We have a cool opportunity right now because the game is in Target for this holiday season. It's even super cheap right now, just $10. So if this sounds interesting to play, please pick up a copy. I am definitely picking up a copy of sounds this. Sounds like a good stocking stuffer, Johnny. I would be so good at this. But that's I not think. all. As a special bonus offer for EPM listeners, David writes, I will personally send you a free pack of bonus game cards if you buy Keep It 100 and send me a picture of your receipt. And of course, it would not be an EPM ad, an EPM endorsed product, if there wasn't a bit.ly link. Bit.ly slash EPM game ad. All lowercase. That's all lowercase. Bit.ly slash EPM game ad for a special promo offer for the crazy new game called Keep It 100. I love it. Wasn't that the original name of uh, Pod Save America? No, that was Keep It 1600, as in 1600 oh, Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue. I knew, I, knew, I knew you wouldn't remember the lore about the Pod Save America boys. Right. Tommy and Danny and Rusty and Ralph and Chucky and Chippy and Derpy. And Her- John, what's the latest with old Genocide Joe? He's still out there, you know, genociding, I there guess. Was, there was audio of... of um, Netanyahu talking to some people being like, don't like I'm the only person who can make sure that there's never a real opposition or government in the West Bank and Gaza. And by the way, I got genocide Joe wrapped around my finger. Oh, I didn't see that. He was like talking to some some uh, people. I guess they were people in Likud or supporters of his. And he was like, listen, guys, you have to keep me in power so that a I don't go to jail for corruption. But the thing he actually said explicitly was like, I'm the only one who can who can manipulate genocide Joe to let us continue our genocide. I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm joking about the way I'm saying it, but it is a real audio recording. Right. What is what is Joe going to do? What is Joe Biden doing? What is everyone doing? That's the question. I guess I would put it to you like this, John. Vis-a-vis the state of the world, John, what is everybody doing? Is, Israel is, is, is um, I, I don't know. It's not. And good. we're done. Right. Some, some hostages got released. Um, 
and they're continuing to do indiscriminate bombing and lots of civilians are getting killed still. Mm. It's bad. And, uh, and, and I don't think that Biden is willing to be critical in any way. Nope. He still has that old timey notion of Israel in his head. Yeah, he 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 needs to um, come out, and there's a huge contingent on the left, or it feels huge anyway, that are just now saying, absolutely, there is no way that they will be voting for Biden just to punish him. So, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about that, John. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you this: the election is still over a year, or not over a year away, but just about a year away. I don't know if those calls for lefties to abandon Joe Biden and not vote or to vote third party because of uh, his support of Israel. I don't know what I'll, you know what, John, I'm going to say this. I don't know what will happen. Oh, I feel so good to say that. And also, I don't have a hot take on this situation. I'm adopting a wait and see attitude. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of powerless. Folks, this is a time for listening, not speaking. You know when celebrities say that when they fuck up? They say Is stuff that like that. I'm gonna I'm going to listen now. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen now. They say that sometimes if they fucked up, you know? Right. Like a scandal. Yep. Yeah. Or they say, I'm going to make a Netflix stand up comedy special about this. That's the other attitude you can take. I think we need to be humble that there are certain things that we just don't know. I mean, when it comes to Carolina football, I know everything. Sure. And I we'll know get to exactly that in a moment. Okay, what's fine. Going to okay. But when it comes to politics, you know, we've shown over and over that sometimes we know and sometimes we don't. Put it like this. Sometimes we know and sometimes we know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we make a lot of money and sometimes we make a lot of money. (laughs) Johnny, it's time for a UNC football update. Go ahead. Okay. If you guys remember... I predicted that Carolina would go into Carter-Finley Stadium playing NC State, a game where they were favored by two and a half points and get beaten handily, which they did. Uh, I, I don't even know what the final score was. I think UNC lost by 19 points. They were down by 25 at one point. They were down 23 to nothing at halftime. It was just absolutely horrible and predictable if you know Carolina football. So which Vegas obviously does not. Uh, If you guys remember, Carolina was ranked 10th in the country, had won all six games before it finally lost a game at home to Virginia where it was favored. UNC was actually favored in five of its last six games and lost four of them and almost five. So there you go. John, not only do we have a UNC football update this week, we also have a listener in Florida who decided to send a Florida Gators football update. Let's listen to that. So, uh, yeah, I'm up here at work at the restaurant, and uh, it's Saturday, game day, uh, big big in-state rivalry, Florida versus Florida State, last game of the season for us. Look, man, the Gators had a pretty rough season, all right? Uh, we got a new coach, got some really young players, and... Um, it's just been tough. Been a tough time. Everybody wants to fire the coach, and the coach is trying his best, and you know how people are. Anyway, my son is about to graduate from the University of Florida next month, and he is more of like a computer nerd than he is a football fan. He doesn't really follow football, but he's never been to a game. 
So we are going to the game tonight to see Florida, Florida State. I will be reporting from the game. Um, our uh, – <laughs> this is my daughter laughing. She knows what I'm doing. Our quarterback uh, broke his collar. <laughs> what? Is this election problem maker? It, I hope so. I hope I it's going on there. Can I talk to them? She, you're eating chicken right now, and I'm in the middle of a story. I'm uh, hold on a second. Um, our quarterback broke his collarbone last week, and the FSU quarterback broke his leg. So we're both going with backup quarterbacks. I think FSU is number four or something, and we're not ranked. So we still think we can beat him. It's going to be a very exciting game. All right, now make it quick, or he won't even play this if it's not quick. Um, you don't have anything to say. My dad's, my dad's bringing my brother to the game. Yeah, of course. So... Apparently, we know who his favorite child is. <laughs> yes, he is my favorite son. And you are my favorite daughter. All right, more to come. I'm going to pause, and uh, we'll tell you how the game goes. Okay, so we went to the brewery. We had a beer, and now oh my gosh, we... is this election profit makers right now? Oh, how do you know? Is this election profit makers making hey, profits? Hey, uh, listen. We're making profits and we're talking about this game because this is our last game. This is our father-son bonding time. It's maybe your last game. It's my first game. Oh, it's your first game. That's uh, right. Oh, I'm in the wrong gear. All right. We um, went to the brewery. We had a beer. Now we are. It's raining a little bit, so we stopped by the house and we got uh, a jacket. We got some rain jackets. We got binoculars. And we met, and we we're with our friends who are behind us and we're going to park and we're going to the game, baby. We're going to the game. What do you baby. say? Go Gators. Yeah, Gay Gators. All right. update this week no notable news out of hollywood and no notable tv shows or movies seen by either john or myself correct What you've been talking about severance no i wasn't talking about severance beckett's dad was talking about severance and i've already talked about severance in the context of the killer in which the killer was purported to take place in beacon but did not shoot in beacon severance was not supposed to take place in beacon but did shoot in beacon i tell you john the more things change the more they stay the same 
Black is white and white is black. The lion lies down with the lamb and wakes up with cooties in his hoochie. Um, Think on that, everybody. That's another immortal phrase. Wasn't a, another movie release uh, Wonka? Oh, is there a new Willy Wonka movie? Yeah. That's yeah. a good Hollywood update. Got yeah, a Hollywood insider go. over here. <laughs> so where was the, the beacon? It wasn't beacon. It was shot where? In what? Illinois? Yeah, we already talked. We talked about that last yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. want to so talk I got, about this I got some, I got one of our listeners, actually, oh. I, I was uh, chatting with who gave me some some interesting information about Illinois. About Illinois? What's up? Well, the, the, the question that he asked me uh, was, what are the what is the flattest state in the United States? I'm going to say South Dakota. Yeah, you're wrong. You can't tell me it's Illinois. Illinois is the second flattest. Nebraska is the flattest. Nope. North Dakota? I said Delaware. What? No. The rolling hills of Delaware. It's obvious once you think about it, but no one ever thinks about it. Florida. Think, yeah. There yeah, you go. There you go. Florida. So pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Yep. Pretty interesting. And Illinois is flat too. There you go. All right. Okay, everybody. Everyone remembers that last week they thrilled to my story about the annoying, mysterious whining whistle at LAX, Los Angeles's airport, and how I felt like I was going insane because everyone in the um, boarding area or the gate area was just ignoring the fact that there was a piercingly loud whistle going on at all times Mm -hmm. as two Delta employees put on a holiday-themed variety show for our delectation. Well, folks, I was back at LAX not 24 hours ago, and I found myself in the Delta baggage claim area. And what do you think I heard reverberating through the halls? Was it a holiday favorite like chestnuts roasting on an open fire? Or was it um, Bing Crosby singing um, I'll Be in a White Christmas with You or whatever those old timey sex Christmas songs said? No. It was the familiar strain of the whistling, the piercing whistling that sound. Okay, wait a minute. For, for clarification, it was in a different area. Yeah, I was in the baggage claim on the lower level of the Delta Terminal at LAX. What is going on? John, I'll play it for you now. Everyone remembers this holiday favorite. You hear it? There's music. There's music, but the music can't cover up the whistle. (laughs) It sounds just like my tinnitus. I mean, I think it's the same. It's amazing. Is it an art installation about like... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My theory is that this is some sort of um, sound installation art project that's funded by the um, arts budget of LAX. And it has something to do with tinnitus and hair metal and the 1980s sunset strip and the viper room and all that stuff and i it only confuses me because i haven't found the plaque or the artist statement that explains everything it's probably by the baggage carol cell or something and i just didn't see it i think it's possible that it is a scientific experiment it must be a scientific experiment about i mean we've been living through the scientific experiment which is how much shit will humans put up with without burning society to the ground and the answer is Oh, they'll put up with all of it. They'll put up with yeah. all the shit. So, but but I also don't think that LAX or Delta would be down to do this scientific experiment. So even hmm. though I think that's a possibility and more likely than your art installation, uh-huh. 
I don't think that's likely either. Well, let's turn to a listener for their perspective on the exact same phenomenon, John. We got a, li- a listener, John, we got a email, a email? Golly. An the, email. I know. See, the, the whistling sound is, is it's. I think they're doing it to make me dumb. You know how Alex Jones said they put fluoride in the water to make children dumb? Is that what the theory is? To make them no, stupid? I think it was to make them gay. Oh, to make them gay. Well, they're putting tinnitus they're piping tinnitus through the PA system at LAX to make me dumb. And maybe it only affects me. Anyway, here's a listener letter from Eric. Hi, David and John. My wife, Annie, and I thought we were the only ones to notice that crazy high-pitched sound in the Delta Terminal at LAX. Like David, I grew up in Chapel Hill, and I now live in Los Angeles. I take the Delta RDU flight often. We flew Delta three times this year. And we're baffled by that sound every time. The thing that drives my wife, Annie, absolutely nuts is that no one else seems to notice. There's a loud blaring alarm going off and no one cares. It's always loudest in that long hallway you have to walk through between security and the gates. I was so excited when you mentioned the sound on the podcast. (laughs) If you can get to the bottom of this, Annie and I will sleep better at night. On a side note, I was three years behind you guys at Chapel Hill High School, and I'm pretty sure my sister, who was in your class, went to ninth grade prom with John. Thanks, he concludes, for the perfect podcast for someone who has lived in both Chapel Hill and Los Angeles. Eric. Wow. uh, We remember you and your sister well. We wish you the best. Thank you so much for listening. I had no idea you were a listener. And thank you for this email. Because as someone who has taken the LAX RDU flight, not three, but six times in the past year, it was a long year for old kid Midas. Your email and my experience make me think that they are running an experiment on Chapel Hill natives who have relocated to Los Angeles. You, me, and your wife, Annie, are the only three people in the country, probably. No. Who can hear this sound. There's something about the unique frequencies. They must resonate with people who were born in the Triassic Basin in Piedmont, North Carolina, right? (laughs) And there's some sort of waveform that Delta or LAX is using to try to control our thoughts and our desires, but they shall not succeed. Eric, we must stand strong against this whistling sound. But here's how we'll know if my theory is true. John, if you ever come to Los Angeles so that we do a meetup in LA, like let's assume we did a LA meetup. Okay. When you arrive at Delta, the first thing you should do is run down to the baggage carousel and listen for the whistling sound. And if okay. you can hear it and you have the experience that Eric and I have where you're standing around in a panic, like, why is this alarm going off and why isn't anybody yeah. doing anything? Then we'll no, know. That will not prove, I don't think that will prove anything. It will prove everything. No, it will just prove that three people from Chapel Hill are hearing it, but it doesn't prove that other people aren't hearing it. Yes, it does. Because when you when you go to the baggage carousel and look around, you'll notice nobody else could give less of a fuck about this incredibly annoying, loud, blaring alarm sound. They all go about their business like nothing is wrong. They don't look at each other in a panic. They don't turn to me in confusion for wisdom and guidance. They don't put their hands over their ears. Unlike me, they don't reach for their earplugs to plug their ears. They just stand there and take it. And I think they take it because they don't even know it's being given to them. Think on that. Eric, tell your sister we said hi. Yes. We did go to prom. Is that true? Yes. Wow. The memories of yeah. life. How do you like that, folks? The memories of life. Yeah. The Christmas is a Christmas carol. 
Haven't seen her in years. Charles Dickens, Christmas Carol, a.k.a. The Memories of Life, A Scrooge Life. All right, John, why don't you read this? <laughs> We're going to become a podcast that specializes in the high-pitched whistling at LAX and other places. That's fine. John, read this email from listener Carl. Carl writes in, the LAX high-pitched whine you experienced is quite similar to a nonsensical high-pitched whine alarm that has been going off in our downtown Raleigh building randomly since we moved in five or more years ago. It just went off last week on my last day of work before Thanksgiving and stayed on for 1.5 hours. I recorded a short video before I left so I could share with my family. I have attached it for your listening pleasure. Ooh, Carl, that's not so nice, I have to say. I say the alarm is nonsensical because it is not heralding an urgent life-threatening situation to warn all workers to run away. No one in our state government building seems to know why it goes off or how to stop it. About two months after we moved in, it went off and my safety earplugs just weren't cutting it. I got to tell you, it was boring into my brain so badly that it sent me into fight or fight mode, uh -huh. and I stormed down the atrium stairs, made a beeline for the alarm panel, and was stopped by the security guard saying something like, whoa, 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 you can't touch that. I said, I have to stop that noise. It is boring into my brain. This is like me at he the back of carousel. <laughs> he replied, I'm sorry, but the maintenance people have been called and they'll send someone soon. Yeah, they'll send someone pretty soon. <laughs> the day before Thanksgiving, I they're going to be there pretty soon. To which I inquired, why can't we silence the alarm since the maintenance people know there is a problem and since we don't have to evacuate this building due to whatever problem there is? To which he replied, I don't know, man. I don't know how to stop it and I have no idea what it's for. I apologized. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I forgot that we work for the state. I guess that's a, like a- it Must be a little no, zinger on the state on North Carolina zing, deep zinger. state or something. Yeah. Bureau bureaucratic inefficiency or underfunding or something. Or just that things never make sense. But, you know, things never make sense anyway. So soon after that, he says he bought some killer noise-canceling headphones, which block that shit right out. So that's interesting. So he must not have tinnitus because if you have tinnitus mm -hmm. and you have noise-canceling headphones, the, it, the tinnitus goes wild. It's so much worse. Oh, right. It, it must jack yeah. up the tinnitus because it silenced everything else. Yeah, I can't do it. I just have to have white noise going. White noise seems to be the best of both worlds because white noise cancels the outside noises and the inside noises. I mean, yeah. outside and inside your ear is what I A mean. lot of people don't know. that. So I have these hearing aids and I a lot of times I have white noise running Yeah, just, just to uh, get rid of the tinnitus and all of the other noises. Screeching but, animals in your home? Yeah. I refuse, I mean, I say this like everything else, I refuse for now to buy expensive piece of technology to protect me from the dystopia we are living in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. This this could all just be a psyop to get everyone to buy noise-canceling headphones. It could be that Bose is paying airports a license to blast that whistling noises so that everyone buys noise-canceling headphones. So, yeah, they do these experiments and these um, operations with noises. You know, a lot of convenience stores right. use them high-pitched frequencies to keep teenagers from loitering. Ikea does that, I think. 
Yeah, and adults can't hear it. Right. It's a t. It's yeah. So maybe maybe this is LAX is is doing a high pitched noise to keep adults away. Maybe LAX wants yeah. to be like the ultimate teenager airport, <laughs> and they're trying to drive away all the normal people like me, a normal adult man. Right. With these uh, low pitch noises or something. Okay. I don't know. I think we're going to get to the bottom of this. I bet if just some simple Googling going on to Reddit R LAX or something like that, somebody has talked about this before. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Okay. Good. John, we got an email from someone named Jeff. All right. Jeff writes, I thought the below material was funny and relevant. I'm hoping John agrees. And Jeff has sent us a screen grab of a tweet from at CLT Skyline, Charlotte Skyline, quote tweeting something from Charlotte Lights that says the Charlotte Skyline is at Panthers Blue to cheer for our Carolina Panthers. That's the ill-fated NFL franchise in Charlotte. And the Charlotte Skyline has tweeted, I don't want to do this anymore. That is hilarious. And Jeff wanted to know if John thought this was amusing. John, do you have something you want to say about this? Yeah, I do. I think it's amusing. I think it's funny. I think it's relevant because uh-huh. I wrote it. John? I wrote Yeah. Right. That's me. I am the Charlotte Skyline. So, uh, yeah. Great minds think <laughs> alike. Gl- yeah. I'm glad it um, it resonated. It went viral. It got like 400 retweets. Oh, that's so great. That's so cool that you went viral on X. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you're still on it. Are you going to go viral on Daily Stormer next? (laughs) Yeah. Look, I'm holding out hope that uh at some point- Uh Uh-huh. He's going to tweet something truly offensive? (laughs) No, that he's going to die or that he's going to sell it. Neither of those things are going to happen. I know. You're probably right. And I realized once once you tweeted but this bet, and then sent me, sent me a screen grab of the increasingly viral numbers it was doing, I realized yeah. there was literally nothing Elon Musk could do, tweet, or say that would get you to leave Twitter. Well, it's a network effect. I've got, you know, I got thousands of followers here. Um, <laughs> I can't go over to threads and register CLT Skyline. And if I did it, I'll have like four followers. So who cares? So, because uh-huh. I got things to say. Uh huh. So does you, so does your Skyline. so does your Lord and Master, whose dick you're constantly gobbling, Elon so Musk. I would he just said like some nice to, things this week. I would he said just some like nice to, things. This I would week. just like yes. Pizzagate and anti-Semitic stuff. I know he's he's on he is on it. But you have three thousand followers on Charlotte Skyline, so you can't abandon the ship. No, because David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, within. 24 hours of this tweet fired the head coach. And you think that so, has to do with your um Yeah. Because people were like the actual Charlotte skyline has thrown in the towel. Okay, that's all very well and good. Let's get this on the record because I'm sure our listeners want to know. Is there anything Elon Musk could tweet that would make you leave his platform? Of course, yeah. No, there's not what 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 has he not tweeted that he could still conceptually, foreseeably, hypothetically tweet. He's anti-trans. He's completely anti-Semitic. He's a white supremacist who also happens to be the dumbest person in the history of the world. What could he tweet next? I don't know, man. Yeah. You're in a toxic relationship with him. 
It's like people I, always I, move I don't the goalposts. People, always, They're blocked. people They're always move the goalposts. I'm, I'm like the Republicans who are like, I don't, I, I don't right. have I don't Twitter. read his tweets. His well, do you yeah, want me to I tell don't. you what he tweeted this week? Because there's some pretty no, nice I, stuff that'll make you feel pretty cool Pizzagate. about He's still seen, being on Twitter. He thought that Pizzagate, that they might have had some good ideas. Uh-huh. And um, it wasn't just Pizzagate, Johnny. It was also some kind of anti-Semitic stuff. Maybe that was two weeks ago. In fairness yeah, to you, was, right? It's only once a week that he Okay, you're right. But then uh, Linda Vicario, or or whatever her name is, came out and said that there were over one million tweets about Thanksgiving hmm. on X, uh-huh. and that it all happens on X. Well, it does and for you because you're mind. addicted to it. And let me ask you another question, not to put you on the spot. You told us, you told me and a mutual friend about a month ago that you had uninstalled X from your phone. Was that a lie? Did you ever uninstall X from your phone? No, I think I did for a while, but uh-huh. it's just impossible to use the web app. So, so it's back on your phone? Yeah, it's back on my phone. Final I'm question. Not... Final question. When your at Sky, Charlotte Skyline tweet was doing numbers, as we say, how many right. hours did you spend on your phone that day? I don't know. Man, many? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Well, I couldn't help it. You know, it was just like constant. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And there's no way to turn any of that stuff off or put your phone down. I understand. Not, it's like that alarm. To? It's like the that's like your version of the alarm at the baggage claim at LAX. You just have to, you have to live with it and celebrate it. Final question. Okay. Did you ever literally while looking at your own tweet doing numbers? <laughs> Please cut that. My mom is really not going to like that. I'm not going to cut it, but I'll bleep it. I do. I have integrity, okay. but I don't mean to. No, your... I didn't. Okay. All right. No, but it was exciting. Well, John, we wish you all the best on Twitter and we hope you have a, lun- we hope you have a lot of fun in Elon Musk's playground. You keep us posted if anything else happens. All right. Okay. <laughs> John, we got a follow-up um, correspondence from Monica, who you'll remember went on the went on a trip to the Maasai Mara. We hope we're pronouncing that correctly, where she got some cool field recordings of birds. John, you had asked after you established that you had no interest in going to Africa to look at the majesty of the wildlife, but you would travel to Africa to look at the Nairobi skyline, and then you asked how she traveled to the Maasai Mara. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was a conversation we had on last week's episode of our podcast, Election Profit Makers. Well, Monica wrote back. She says, I just listened to this week's episode and I thought I'd follow up about travel. While most tourists probably do fly into Nairobi and then go from there to various safari resorts, I traveled to Masai Mara from Mombasa on the coast. Total travel time? Approximately two and one half hours one way in a 12-seater prop plane flying at 10,000 feet. The flights always involve stopping at two to four places, picking up or dropping off other passengers. I love it. That's so interesting. It's like a plane acting like a bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't have any photos of the Nairobi skyline, she admits with deep shame. However, I did take some videos of the last leg of our return trip to Mombasa. It was a 10-minute flight from Diani Beach. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. A resort town just south of Mombasa. I recorded the video in chunks. The middle pieces in time lapse. But the takeoff and landing are in real time. So anyway, you can get a bit of a gander at Mombasa, a major port for East Africa. I attached a photo of the plane. A couple of the other passengers realized kind of late that this was their stop. So they started disem. This is like being on an airport shuttle. <laughs> so, so they disembarked after the co-pilot had removed the stabilizer bar from the tail. The plane tilted back, causing a little excitement for a moment, but everything was fine. Wow. 
That is a little scary. Monica's a real jet setter. Yeah, it was great video. Mombasa looks very cool. Good topography, good density. Yeah. Not not many tall buildings, but yeah, really interesting. The thing I remember about my trip to Africa some years ago and, and flying on planes in Africa, I don't remember ever being on a super tiny plane, but I do remember being on a plane that went from Niger to Ethiopia and we flew at night. And I think the plane was almost empty. It was a big plane. It was one of those wonderful experiences where you kind of almost have the plane to yourself. And it's like being in an empty gymnasium. Mm -hmm. Fellow, when I tell you how I stretched out on my row of seats, put up those armrests and just lay, lay about the plane. That was a good, that was a good sleepy plane ride. Because you know how it is on these American planes. They got you boxed in like sardines, folks. Shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. The modern world. It has, its, it has its pluses and its minuses. I'll go on the record saying that. You can put that on a bus billboard with a link to my PayPal. <laughs> John, I think we've reached the end of our episode. Would you care to read the closing credits? Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. And if you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. You'll also get an invite code to our private Discord. Send your election prediction questions, skyline requests or comments, and bird recordings to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, we'd really appreciate that email. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>